Welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We are your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We're sisters and best friends who live with depression and have interviewed hundreds of others who do as well. By sharing stories of lived experiences, we expose depression for the lying bully it is. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. We're five weeks into this special season focused on the ways we can monitor, manage, and protect our mental health during these unsettled and uncertain times. If you missed any of them, they start with episode 136. Today's episode will introduce you to two new voices. One is our guest, of course, who Bridget will introduce in seconds. The other is a new team member. Welcome Roseanne, a trusted friend and a colleague from when we both used to work in TV news. She's volunteered to help us during this pandemic and to cover things should either of us get sick, which we are trying very hard not to do. We learned of today's guest, Dr. Melanie Greenberg, when we read a recent article of hers in Psychology Today titled, Five Ways to Rewire Your Brain to Deal with Coronavirus Stress. Dr. Greenberg is a licensed clinical psychologist, life coach, and author of The Stress-Proof Brain. Here are Dr. Greenberg and Roseanne giving their voices to depression. Dr. Greenberg has literally made it her job to know that the stresses we're experiencing as we face this COVID-19 pandemic are uniquely frightening and very challenging for many. It really is. I think um, this virus has many of the characteristics that our brains don't like, Hmm. the unpredictability, the novelty of it, you know, the the sort of the threatening nature and the social isolation. So those are all very difficult conditions for us as humans. Um, So it takes, you know, I I think we have to stretch ourselves to, to deal with this. And it takes time to get used to it to the new normal, I think. Dr. Greenberg describes what our brains do when we perceive this threat. Turns out it has a lot to do with our ancient ancestors' reaction to danger. So our brains like to predict things. That's part of what the brain was designed for. It's a prediction machine. It's designed to to manage threat and keep you alive as its most fundamental function. So we have this kind of primitive hardwired wiring that takes over when it senses a threat and uncertainty is a threat to our brains. So we tend to go into a more stressed out state of fight or flight or fight, flight, freeze. And our brains also might just keep worrying or keep you know, trying to go over things over and over to try and find a solution to the uncertainty when actually there's not really a solution. And that's a troubling truth for many of us. What can we do instead of taking an impulsive reaction or surrendering to anxiety or despair? Dr. Greenberg has five suggestions. Number one, Notice when you are getting triggered. Two, focus on your senses or your breathing. Three, 
reach out to a friend or family member. Four, make a wise choice. Five, decide what level of risk you're willing to tolerate. Let's take these one by one in order. First, notice when you are getting triggered and tap into practices that can really help you to get yourself grounded. So what I say to my patients is, first, just notice if you're being triggered, if you're in, in a fight or flight or freeze state. If, you, if you're in fight or flight, you just you need to feel your feet on the ground, feel your body on the chair, slow your breathing, speak slower, try to slow your thinking down. And just all of all of that in a physiological way will begin to calm. When you when you slow your breathing, you slow your heart rate, and you know slowing down your heart is, is helpful in in calming that response. If you just feel depressed and frozen and unable to get off the couch, it's about activating yourself gently, just maybe starting to stretch, doing some stretches, even in your chair and slowly getting up and maybe doing something around the house like emptying the dishwasher. Emptying the dishwasher, going for a short walk. The idea is to just start, right? Familiar activities to turn to when as little as a half hour of grim news on TV or social media turns up the anxiety. This leads us to Dr. Greenberg's second tip. Focus on your senses or your breathing especially when you feel that adrenaline start to pump through your body. So no, notice the first sign that that's happening, that maybe that your breathing's getting more rapid, your thinking's faster, or your heart's beating faster, or you feel panicky. When you notice that, it's kind of like stop everything and regulate your state first by breathing or activating, as, as I mentioned earlier. Slowing your breathing or, or stretching, and if you're frozen, like more like stretching and kind of activating yourself gently. Activating yourself gently. That sounds more doable than a lot of the advice we're hearing these days. So we talk a lot about tools in our toolboxes. Here's one Dr. Greenberg suggests to help manage our mental health now. Create a strong visual image and bring it to mind each time fear starts to take over, when anxiety gets the heart pumping. It could be the image of a knight in armor or of a calm pool of cool water, whatever works for you. Even a shift in posture can facilitate a shift in mindset, like changing your stance, spreading your feet apart, and straightening your back. Exactly, that's the image as well. You could even, you know, imagine yourself as a, as a big oak tree with big firm roots in the ground and the storm can come, you know, but the tree is still there. You may get swayed, but you're not knocked over. Yeah, that's a really good um, metaphor, I think. On to Dr. Greenberg's third tip. Reach out to a friend or family member. Even in these sheltered times, technology offers us all kinds of ways to connect. But of course, that's only an option if you're in a place to feel like there are people out there who care and will be there for you. Yeah, that's what's really hard. It's really hard to be in that position. I think then you need, it would be good to go online and look for communities um, and Facebook and other places. 
And even if you find a YouTube channel that you follow or a podcast, I mean, it is human contact in a in a way, you know, that people are speaking out to a, com- a community focused on depression. Maybe you can imagine all the other depressed people listening along with you, you know, that are also going through similar things to what you're going through. Um, and then, you know, some people have somebody, but maybe that person lives far away. So it feels like you have nobody because your friend's the other side of the country. So if you have that, then call the friend on the other side of the country or stay in regular contact. But um, if you have nobody, maybe you want to reach out to community organizations, um, you know, to your church or your temple. We come to point four. Make a wise choice, even if it feels as though there are no good choices. Dr. Greenberg would say that's when you should look at the least bad option. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes just making a decision can help you and getting moving can help your brain because it takes away the uncertainty to a degree. And that helps your anxiety calm down. So an example might be, um, say you think you're going to lose your house. I guess you could make a decision about whether to reach out to the mortgage people, you know, and ask for if they could you know, if you could have some kind of arrangement with them, given it's a crisis, um, or reach, you know, if they say anyone you could borrow money from, or, you know, how much credit do you have? Is it worth using the credit? Um, with respect to your job, I mean, uh, you know, some of that is out of your control, but I guess you're trying to be, you know, to do your job as best you can, to be the best employee you can be and serve the organization as best you can. I I think that's all you can do. You may need to start looking for other things and, you know, just reaching out to your network, getting your CV updated. So those are, you know, it's like breaking it into small steps. Those are some of the small, the first steps you can take. Breaking it into small steps and taking that sometimes dreaded first one, which leads us to Dr. Greenberg's final suggestion in five ways to rewire your brain to deal with coronavirus stress. Decide what level of risk you're willing to tolerate. Yeah, you know, I think we all have different tolerances for risk. Some people, if you're high anxious, it's you, you just, you know, you, you're not as comfortable, you just can't take as much risk. And so, you know, if you're going to go out, just make sure that you make wise decisions, you know, like maybe it's worth going out to the supermarket. But um, right now, I mean, that, that changes, you know, it's a dynamic situation. Dr. Greenberg says there is also a risk if you isolate yourself because loneliness affects our health, too, as does human connection in a positive way. I think love is, is what matters. You know, it's like when people are, are are older, it is it's about the people they love and who love them. That's the meaning in life. It's not like, oh, I should have worked another week. You know, I should have worked more hours at the office or something. But what do we do about the people that are listening that like genuinely don't have somebody to reach out to or feel love from? Well, I think that was her point that then you have to find find something online and it's the first time really in history that's ever been an option and there are peer there's peer support there are therapists there are many social and supportive communities including our own i think that that's 
you know, it's there's never a good time for something like this to happen. But in terms of resources, um, it's the first time you've ever been able to literally see and talk to people in different states and countries and everything. Well, see, you could talk on the phone, but or have meetings with multiple people before, and it's hardly ideal. But it's uh, what we've got, and I think we got to grab it with both hands. Absolutely, it's unprecedented on every level. We will be linking to Dr. Greenberg's Psychology Today article, which prompted this episode, as well as to her book, The Stress-Proof Brain, if you want to check that out. And thank you, and welcome to Roseanne. (laughs) Thank you, Roseanne. Also want to invite you, Dr. Greenberg mentioned the value of an online community. And again, if you go to Facebook and search for Giving Voice to Depression, you'll find ours, where more than 7,000 other people are currently members and supporting each other. We're here for you, and you are not alone. Stay well. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.